0: Well, thanks for joining us today on the Greg Rich Ministries podcast. We're super excited for our guest today. It's such an honor to have her <laughs> to with us and discuss with us, but we want to introduce you to Mama Jan Wright.
1: Amen. Hello. Hello. It's so good to be with you guys. Well, thank your you. Your ministry. <laughs>
0: yeah, Mama, Mama Jan, thank you so much for joining us, you know. Um, you, you've been somebody that's been a blessing to our ministry through the years and you've been a blessing to so many people, you know, all over the world. And so it's an honor to, to have you today. Um, thank you so much, but we're just excited to kind of, um, ask you some questions today about your life, about what God has done in your life, about what God has done through your ministry. And so we're super, we're super excited to, um, kind of let God um, open some doors and kind of share some things through you today.
1: Okay,
2: <laughs> absolutely. And you know, Mama Jan, you have made a tremendous impact, not only in Brazil, but also in America. But we wanted to ask you a couple of questions just to start. You know, you and Pastor Bud, you guys, you know, God, Led you to go to Brazil, and I wanted to ask you what that was like for him to to lead you specifically to go to Brazil. What was that experience like? How did he kind of lead you to make that move?
1: Oh <laughs> uh, well, uh, Buddy and I had had seen him, and we he asked me to go out to a revival, and it was that that our first encounter, our first date that the Lord spoke to him that afternoon in uh, uh, the house of his friend that was praying for the revival. He was was the one that ministered. And he said that uh, this afternoon, the Lord told me to go two years to Kenneth Hagin's Bible Training, Rainbow Bible Training Center in Tulsa, and then take my word to my people in Brazil and set them free. And you know what he said right after that? (laughs) He said, will you go with me? I'm (laughs) telling you, this was our first date. But so much had happened supernaturally to get us together. You know, it was just just so hard. I, I I said yes. I didn't say no. And I thought in my mind, What am I doing? You know, I don't know this guy, but it was something in the spirit, you know, realm that it was so strong and and such a testimony that that's how I started. (laughs) But the Lord told him to go two years to Ramah because that in 83, to graduate in 83 was the first time that you could uh, graduate with two years. And so we didn't really realize that you could graduate in one year after we finished in one, the first year. Um, I know Scott Webb was one of the graduates at that time. And, you know, I I kept thinking, where did he go to? (laughs) 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 I I haven't seen him this second year. But then I realized that he had graduated. And I, after, I mean, we I found that out after we we had graduated. I thought everybody went two years. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we just obeyed God. Just yeah. obeyed God. God told us to go two years and then go to Brazil. So that's what we did.
2: And did you meet Pastor Bud at Rayma or was it before Rayma when you guys actually met?
1: Oh, it was before Rayma. It was before Rayma. We were both from Coleman, Alabama. And you know, oh, I had a, oh, a, a quickening in my spirit that something was about to change. So I took my last, uh, my only one week of vacation from the bank and went to the lake in a van, and just to you know, I, I really, I. I didn't take a Bible. I, I wasn't really a, a Christian at that time. I mean, a Christian that was just on fire for God not at all. And so I was in a Baptist church. And I said something was about to change. And then there was three different ladies from, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one thing. And uh, I had to leave the Baptist church because I didn't believe in that. Okay. And it was so good, I didn't want to lose it. So uh, there was three ladies at this Assembly of God Church, which was the only church in Coleman, Alabama, at that time that 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 uh, that I knew that believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we they told me that they had uh, they knew a lady that uh, wanted to get married. Well, first thing I thought, I don't want to get married. Uh, mm-hmm. But because uh, I, I had had an experience with the Lord where He took me up to heaven and He, sh- and it was like He He held me in His arms and His love penetrated me so much. And that that had just happened not too uh, too long before that so i was just in love with jesus you know just completely in love with the father jesus i i, I was just hungry hungry for the word and uh but they told me that uh, this lady uh, w- wanted to get married and she prayed for a guy gave him a list of everything that she wanted the lord a list of what she wanted in her husband and I mean, there was three different ones. They didn't even know each other, told me that. I said, "Lord, are you trying to tell me something? Yeah. If you want me to get married, you know, I'll listen. What do you, what do you want? And so then uh, then I saw Bud come into a Bible study, and the Lord had already told him to pray that he was praying in tongues about his wife and that to go to this Bible study. Well, he came in with this uh, single pastor at that time, and my spirit goes <laughs> jumping so hard. And that was, see, that was the strong testimony that I was And There was different things happening, but we really didn't talk to each other. I, I, uh, he came in through the door, I just saw, and I I ran back to the restroom because I just came out and it was so strong. I said, Lord, what is this? I've never experienced anything like this. What is this? And uh, so I kind of calmed down. I knew I couldn't stay there. The the little house in the country was full and there was calling people in to start the Bible study. And so, I was holding my stomach and walking with my head down. I bumped into Bud and my spirit, it just goes leaping up again. So uh, he said, hello, and I was so startled I didn't I don't even know if I said hello or not. But <laughs> then we started, they called us in there to start. And we were praising the, the Lord. And his friend said, Bud, if you don't marry that lady right there, you're crazy. Wow. I mean, this was, you know, it was like everything was pro- programmed, you know. I guess God was in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't in a hurry, but God was in a hurry, I guess. Because he knew that Bud needed a wife. Yeah. <laughs> he needed a wife.
2: <laughs> and you got. Guys- uh, You guys accomplished so much together. And do you remember (laughs) what year it was that you actually moved to Brazil?
1: Oh, yeah, I remember. In August 1983. We graduated in in 83 in May. And we were actually, there was a Brazilian that was going to come to Brazil. And he kept putting it off. But he, oh, and we said, well, he, he was going to come in June, and then August, and then uh, he was putting it off and we said, we, we went, we've got to go now. Yeah. So um, we went and then he came later, but then it, it wasn't for us to work with him. But thought maybe he was supposed to work with him, but it wasn't. So.
0: And how much Portuguese did you know at that time?
1: Nothing. (laughs) Zero, a big fat zero. (laughs) Nothing. I know that uh, I ordered, I saw when we stopped, because we came into Sao Paulo, we had to ride a bus 12 hours to uh, Campina uh, Moral, Campo, Campo Moral. And we didn't know anything. The bus stops and you don't know, you know, they tell you how much time you have. But we didn't, couldn't understand nothing. Bud went to the restroom. Well, I went and I, I saw a, a Americano, a sandwich. I said, America, Americaners. And I tried to say Guaraná because Bud has, tr- oh, this guy taught him to say Guaraná. But uh, I was trying to say something and he just got mad and he gave me water. And so I had water in a sandwich and Bud came out and he didn't have time to order. We didn't know how long we had. And so uh, I ate the sandwich. I was just about eating this, finished eating it. And he got bag, He grabbed a bag of uh, stale chips and yeah. that was all he had to eat <laughs> for 12 hours. So you know that was experience.
2: <laughs> wow! And you guys, you said it was in '83. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: yeah. And so by the time we got here, we we I think it was like the 25th. But we got to Campo Morale, it was the 25th of August. Wow.
2: '83. And when God told you to go, was there like a specific vision? that he said, hey, I want you to go start a church or sure, do I want you to go start a school? Or did he just say go and you had he to kind of figure it out?
1: He said, go to Brazil and set uh, go. take my word to my people and set them free. We did not, he didn't give us a city. He didn't, I mean, we, we used the contact that we had. And so we went, we, that's what we felt led to do just to go where we needed to go. And they had prayed for someone to come there, but that wasn't the people we're supposed to work with. And but it was a a way that God used us to come into the country. They actually supported us because everybody has to have a someone to support them to come in. So actually, they gave a letter of support for us, and that they were a blessing in that way. And what was but if we had known if we we had to do something, it was just us they had to do. I don't know. You know, but we were we were just to obey God.
0: Yeah, and so what was the process like once you you and Pastor Bud had gotten there? You didn't know any Portuguese. Um, what was the process like of learning a new language and starting to live in a different culture?
1: Oh goodness! <laughs> well, we we were in a a camp, a Agape mission camp, and they would speak the Americans would speak Portuguese, and would I would think. I understood something there you know I would say something they said no that's not it and it would give you a headache you know hearing all that you know words coming together it seemed like so fast coming together but we just didn't um, but started learning by a book I had to work a lot um, there was just a lot a lot of uh, I helped clean had to learn to to scrub a a cement floor. I didn't know know how to take that uh, rag and put it around your squeegee thing. And uh, so I got on my hands and knees and that's how I scrubbed my floor. (laughs) So it's cement floors. Oh goodness. And had to scrub clothes because everything there was red uh, clay dirt and it made all your whites uh, gray looking. (laughs) and once you guys and we didn't have money we had less we had less than $600 $597 for 90 days
2: and you know Tiago Garcia he was speaking at the Winter Bible Seminar and he was talking about how when you guys went you had a suitcase full of toilet paper
1: (laughs) (laughs) I should not have ever told him that (laughs) but I did I bought deodorant, the toilet paper, toothpaste, the, yeah. everything that we needed, its because we didn't know what we yeah. were going to come to, and actually they didn't have a whole lot of stuff in that little city, yeah. so it was probably good, and what the toilet paper they used was an old, old pink kind that was real rough, so <laughs> I had to be broken into that very carefully. <laughs> So we used all our toilet paper. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so from the time that you guys got there to where you kind of started the headquarters in Campina Grande, what, what, what was the kind of the period between that time? What was the, the process to get to there?
1: Oh, the Lord told us to go catch up with David, that guy that was a Brazilian. He was wanting Bud to come and go to Recife with him, uh, with a, for us to go work with them, and so uh, we we went to Guadalupe's preparing to. He gave him a whole list of things to to do. He had to because he had brought a a tent and uh, chairs and and uh, a big trailer truck. From the USA, he'd bought all Sears furniture and stuff, appliances, and he had brought it in, and it uh, it fell into the Panama Canal, actually trying to uh, pass over in a cheaper way, and so he had it had to be repaired. The back door had to work on the uh, the motor of the 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 truck, and bring it into. Uh, from B- Braganza, Paulista, he brought it into uh, Guarulhos there and did everything. Actually, we, they had a, a, a Volkswagen and we took it out one day to go to a grocery store we saw on a bus and, and the guy hit us, rammed us in the back and we had to pull it, push it back in. But there was a lot of a lot of junk that was happening, but we were there in Brazil and that way we were happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we stayed six, six and a half years in Guadaluyos. And okay. we started a church there and we started another one. And on uh, the other side of the city, By, I, I even forget what the name of that section, of the city is, the other side of Sao Paulo. We started with a guy that Bud had We had met there in Campo Moral and Bud was wanting to, him to be the pastor, but he was wanting to live with us and, and, uh, I, I didn't quite agree with that, and the, and the directors of the church at that time, they didn't agree, and they wanted me to be their voice. Oh, goodness, don't ever get in the middle of a. <laughs> anyway, we, um, we were there for six and a half years, and the Lord told us, began to talk to us about the Northeast. We went two years before we came to live here, and the Lord showed us the spirits over the cities and, he, and for us to, to our, he told us when we got to Campina Grande that our net on top of a uh, hotel there, looking out over the, pro, the the little park there in the city, he said, uh, this was where I want a, a next work. He told me and Bud at the same time. And I looked at him and he looked at me. He's, uh, I said, you go first. Because <laughs> I knew he had something. Yeah. Anyway, we started from there. Started from scratch. It was we had to, we we kind of we didn't have money at that time. We lost just about all of our support. We probably had about three hundred dollars coming in, maybe maybe a month, and it was just uh, barely nothing, you know. But we were we were happy (laughs) because we were in Brazil. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And so from the, the time that you guys started everything in the northeast, how did you kind of begin the process? Because now you guys have I don't know how many is almost like three hundred churches throughout Brazil. Is it what, you know well
1: the last time I, they they told me it's four hundred and eight. Wow. I but I think that includes in other other nations too. I think that's all. That's but, amazing. Uh, and, and about hundred 38 maybe screws not sure so how do i can ever keep keep up with it.
2: <laughs> very, it it feels like every time i i talk to someone from there it's just growing so <laughs> it's hard, i understand it's hard to keep up but you know how how do you feel like it, it started initially and then you know what was the kind of first steps you guys took to start expanding to all the areas of brazil
1: yeah when we started there in gualuas before we we started a church Bud would uh, visit a lot of other churches. And, and I counted in seven months time, 4,000 people baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. And I just got tired of counting. I said, Lord, I, I'm not gonna count anymore because it would take up too much time. I mean, you know, like there was 273, there was, uh, it was just uh, crowds of them. And I, I looked back and you know, that's not, uh, that's not normal. <laughs> I was thinking, well, that's normal. They're just hungry people, but you know, looking back, that just wasn't normal. But the hand of the Lord was on the ministry, and you know, we didn't do anything special. We just obeyed God. Yeah, and he did. The, he brought the increase.
0: Amen. That's good, Mama Jan. As I as you look back at your time, you know, since 1983 what would you say is one of the biggest obstacles that you faced in ministry and how, how was the Lord able to help you overcome that?
1: Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. The biggest, uh, probably, uh, probably the religious people, especially when we came to the Northeast, the religious people were so against us and they didn't want us to be part of, uh, part of their uh, association, pastor's association, nothing. And they, they, they said that we taught heresy. And, you know, when you, when you, when you know the truth and it testifies with you and, and people say you're teaching heresy, you know, you just feel sorry for them because you, you know, you already have a testimony that, that that's the truth. You know, we're back to what God is saying. We're, we're We're not you know under the tradition of man and uh, but it, we grew in persecution when the more they would talk, the more we would grow. so you know it's not it's not a uh, it wasn't a, such a bad thing because it helped us to grow. so there's a lot of people, I know one pastor. He said that he came up to Verbo because he, people they were they were talking so uh, against us. And he, he said my grandmother always told me if there's fruit in a, a apple tree, you know that's what, where they're throwing rocks at the fruit, because there's fruit there. Yeah. So he said I was gonna come and see what that fruit is, and he stayed. <laughs> that's John Dewey there in in Pinettas That's going to uh as soon as he gets his visa going to Washington DC to pastor there, a the Washington DC area. So God is good. Yeah. We just obey God. But you know, God told Bud in the beginning, if you'll line your the churches up as close as you can to the Word of God, I can bless you. Yeah. So many times uh churches want to do what everybody else is doing. But God told us to do to line up as close as we can to the Word of God, so you know we we know what we believe, and uh, but always read that First Corinthians one ten to be no division among you, you know, and and to speak the same thing, and and so, and you know sometimes it was oh he's going to read it again, but you know it 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 really. Uh, grounded us in that, and we're we're a family that loves each other. There's no competition. We love each other. We care about people and we rejoice when that, you know, when something happens good to others because we, you know, we're family. And I think that's important that we're in unity and because we would, maybe we wouldn't be in so close together if he hadn't uh, obeyed God and read that verse over and over and over in every conference but they got used to that and that, you know, so it, you know, it makes a difference. That was something that the Lord wanted us to be in unity. And uh, even though Bud passed away oh, in November, it was seven years ago, he went home to be with the Lord Everybody I talk to, they hear his voice in their head. <laughs> so he, his voice is speaking loudly to our ministry, even today. Uh, and Guto keeps reminding everybody and others too. So
2: <laughs> We we are, you know, Hoffa Marks. We've had him on the podcast <laughs> and he does a really good impression of Pastor Paul. <laughs> and so... You know, every time he he says, Pastor Bud made such an impact on him, and so it's it's great to talk to him and to hear kind yeah. of his impression. But you know, something we noticed, we were personally able to come to Brazil and to see the impact you guys have been making. And something we were impressed about was the not only the amount of leaders you have, but the quality of leaders yes. there. And so the, there are so many churches there, but the people that are have been put in place of leadership are quality people. And so I just wanted to ask you, kind of, how did you guys establish that culture? And it seems to me like maybe it was, uh, you know, you weren't Pastor Bud and you weren't jealous of other people that were expanding and growing, but I wanted to get kind of a, your insight into that.
1: Oh, the contrary. We wanted them to grow. We wanted them to... We were just really excited when they ministered, you know. Uh, I remember Bud would sit and cry a lot when uh, others would minister. And, you know, they would be afraid to, uh, oh, Pastor Bud and Janice is here, but we'd love to hear them. You know, yeah. we would love it. And Bud, he would sit and cry and he he loved it.
2: Yeah, He
1: did, you know, he loved the word and he would talk a lot. And, he ministered a lot, but uh, we always wanted to hear what they were saying, and 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 God has given us uh, the best, the best. But you know that's always been our confession. We we always said that we had more than enough, because uh, God would, would begin to graduate a lot of people, and uh, in our graduate in our last year, we would have. Um, Teaching the word, ministering the word, like the uh, what do you call it, Rama, the, Rhema, the uh, lab, ca- lab lab class, class. yeah. yeah. And, and we would sense you could sense uh, who had a calling. You could see it on them. You could sense it. And uh, many times, Gutu always said, "But Bud saw a calling on, in me that I didn't see." He always said, "I'm just a minister of helps," but he has a strong calling on him, and God has given it increased that grace. I'm, you know, I'm just really um, impressed by the wisdom that he has to deal with everything, and everybody loves him, you know. And so it was a transition that was smooth. But Bud did—he put him in as apostle. Months before he passed away, but everybody was quite kind of quiet. I don't know if they really understood what happened. I didn't even understand what he was doing, but he did.
2: And I I feel like a lot of what Pastor Bud had the spirit he had within him was passed along to Gutu. uh, When he had a chance to talk to him, uh, Gutu was saying that he would put different people in place to speak at conferences. So that the people would see, you know, I trust this person, and and they have what it takes to minister, and I feel like that was passed down from you and Pastor Bud. Yeah. And so it's so awesome to see that what you guys have done has impacted generations that is going to last for many generations to come as well. And
1: well, I thank you for saying that, but I, you know, we're just obey God. It yeah. was, you know, not we're not anything any any people special we just yeah. love god and and, and st- a stickler for the word of god <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah and that's what it takes that's exactly what yeah. it
2: is mama Jan, i know that recently maybe over the last couple of years you have actually been back in america and so i wanted to ask you i know you're back in brazil now but yes how was it how was it for you to come back to america after being in brazil for so many years
1: Oh it wasn't my ideal. I only went because i obeyed god yeah it was i I didn't like living there and there I always said I don't want to live in the u s a but I went because I helped uh uh Pastor Diego get his visa. I had to be there when home security came and and uh, i was I was ready to stay there, you yeah. know, even though I didn't like it. <laughs> I love Brazil. That's you yeah. know my home is here. Yeah. I mean, I my home is here. I have I I paid for all the servants. I had to pay, but, you know, I bought groceries even though I wasn't here. There was only one lady. Oh well, I Iilton. I mean, uh, I Arthur and Letícia in my house too in the garage. They're gonna build a ha- little house for them by, by the pool. But uh you know, I kept kept up spent more money here while I than while I was there in uh in USA. And just lived with other people, you know, lived in a little bedroom with with my stuff. It was a little bigger, but I had two bedrooms actually, uh, in the first house. And it was just different. I had to I had to Wash my clothes. I had to iron my clothes. I didn't do much ironing. I always buy clothes that you don't have to iron. But it was uh, it was just a challenge. I had to drive everywhere. I had to learn to drive on GPS. My credit card was canceled five times because of fraud. Right. I and mean, you know, I thought I thought I hadn't moved out of Brazil. It was worse, but it was. It just USA is not what it was 35 years ago when I <laughs> left there. and But I did stay uh, nearly two years. It was uh, January to 2019 to uh, October the 8th I left there. And I didn't know. I was ready to go back. I mean, I, I want to obey God. Yeah, I was ready to go back, and I did. I came to stay a few months and go back, and then I thought, well, I was kept thinking. Good, good, good. said she's going to stay here now, and I said, well, I have to obey God, but I was going to have to rent something there because I didn't have any place to stay to go to after that, and I had bought a few things because we were going to buy buy a home there. The ministry was going to buy a home, but we just didn't. So it just didn't seem right. There's not that much I need to do right there now. I can go uh, maybe two months at a time and, and, you know, help the churches get established. I'm the president of the churches there. We have uh, Washington, D.C. already registered and we've established with the bank account and the directors just waiting on John Dewey to come in. And then uh, the church in Philadelphia, uh, we're about to get it uh, registered and uh, established there. So uh, then there's in Popona Beach, Florida, that we have three Bible groups that came together. And uh, so that'll, that's a church, but we don't have a pastor, fixed pastor there, because nobody can come in. And so we have a lot of people that are called to USA. But the Lord told, told us in uh, 20, 21 years ago now, I guess, in 99, 99 oh, I guess it'd be nearly, yeah, might more, a little more. He told us that we would have missionaries coming out of of, of Campina Grande, as much as one a week. Wow. He, uh, this lady who was visiting there, she said she saw a light in coming out of Campina Grande and going first to the USA and then to all nations. And then 2009, which was uh, 10 years after that, the Lord told Bud that our ministry would go to all nations. Yeah. And so uh, he didn't say he would. Bud actually did everything the Lord told him to do. Yeah. yeah, he didn't never he didn't give him any instructions. He he started the healing center, and that was what what the Lord the last thing he told him to do. So so he was, I guess, ready to go. <laughs> it was his decision. I know that.
0: Yeah, you know, Mama Jan, we have lots of people listening that you know they may feel called to be to go to another nation, and you know being someone that grew up in the USA and you went to Brazil and you came back to the USA. I love what you've said throughout this podcast that you, you guys just obeyed God. So what, yeah. advice, what advice would you give to somebody who feels like they're led and they're called to go to another
1: nation? Well, that calling will equip you. I know that our, when we first came here, it was such a poor nation and there was a lot of whack, and I guess we got caught up in that, and and we couldn't see so much of the provision of God, but, you know, there was the time when we moved into the the, this, uh, the farm there in Campina Grande, the little farm, five acres, and uh, we got a uh, oh, a revelation that we are blessed and our home is blessed. you know we never had a home until we bought the that that uh we call it the grunge of the little farm there and and then remodeled it and did a lot of remodeling over the years. Bud didn't like that, but he he liked the outcome of it, but uh it was just uh. I forgot where I was going with that. Just help me along. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, we did, never had a home, and we got blessed. When we realized that we are blessed, mm-hmm. it was really a revelation, and that from that time on, we began to prosper. It seemed like we were struggling. It was like a, such a struggle. Even though we were doing a lot in the ministry, I always said that we – our ministry had a shoestring budget (laughs) and uh, you know, you'd hear uh, um, ministries in America that were, you know, had so much money that they were talking about this and that. I thought, oh, we just kind of struggled to see what we could do with what we had. But, you know, through all of that, God gave us wisdom how how to grow. We grew even though we didn't have much resources. Yeah. But you know, but it's uh, we we use about use it all. This year we're gonna uh, remodel the ministry headquarters. Yeah. And finally, that building is ours now. We're still paying some offerings to uh, uh to the owner, the ex-owner. So. But uh, it's it's amazing what God has done.
2: Yeah. And we had the opportunity to visit the headquarters there, and it was just so inspiring to see how many amazing people (laughs) are working there and uh it was just inspiring to us to see people that have a you know not only were called to work for River to vita but they actually had a calling to go out into the nations
1: yes so that's yes. really
2: the heart of your the whole ministry there is to send people out and yes. so you know i know you guys have churches now you have a church in washington dc you have one in philadelphia there's one in orlando And uh, something we found, you know, traveling around the world is that the the rest of the world sees the United States as a big missionary field. (laughs) And I believe that's something we encountered while we were there is that you guys kind of feel the same way that the U.S. is a big mission field.
1: Yes. And so it needs to change. I think it's different now than what it used to be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so it, it was exciting to see uh, all the things that you guys are doing. I know there's some people coming from Brazil to Orlando and they're learning English and they're going to be going out. And, you know, I was talking to pastor Diego from Orlando and he was saying that you made him some biscuits and gravy Really he was really <laughs> excited about that. It made him really happy. So I know they're really, really happy that you were able to come and be with them for some time there. But, I
1: enjoyed it. You yeah. know, I I really saw more of USA and got a feel of what it's like there now, and the need that it that needs to uh, that needs to be an awakening. There needs to be uh, so much, you know, like now, 2020. A lot of people say, oh, uh, they just want to forget about it. You know, it's just a bad year. But you know, we'll see that 2020 was an important year because it began to reveal a lot of things. It began to, to uh, he had to to reveal what was in the church. You know, in us, some you know uh, maybe some had problems because they had it was close knit with their family and they was not used to that. That's they needed to they needed that sometimes we we get so busy and that you know maybe they'd say I'd like to have time with my family but when they when they did have it maybe they didn't use it that well yeah. but a lot of Christians really grew through that with un- unchangeables and we, and uh, we especially that project there in uh, U- Europe with uh, unshakables. Yeah. Oh, there was like 243,000 people, you know, that caught that, and it it was just uh, a way that that God is changing the way that we can communicate with the people. So I think you know we'll keep a lot of that because it was and it's a good way to contact it. Yeah. So. I'm just excited about what God is going to do in the future. You know, I know it's going to be great things, and maybe it's never going to be exactly like it was before. But but let's just go on with God and do it His way. Man, absolutely. Because we sure can't do it our way <laughs> and be successful. Right, we tried and failed on that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but something I love is you, like the Unshakable Project in Europe. You guys have continued to innovate. And to find new ways to communicate to people, but we know that you guys have so much more left to do and so much more that you're continuing to do. but I just wanted to ask you kind of what, what do you guys feel like your vision is to go forward? What is your next push to go into the nations, or what's the current state of everything right now?
1: Well, you know, kind of some things are its own whole, but we're yeah. still growing. We're uh, we're still adding people to the church. Still, so people are the the ministry team. People are leaving to go out, and, and more are coming in. We have I know I know we had over 150 working there, but then we had like three that came on today. <laughs> that <laughs> were introduced. So you know, I'm not sure how many we have now, but a lot of them are working at home, and a lot of them there is nothing is back to where it was but still the ministry goes on
2: they're
1: they're real dedicated to do the work I know I was talking to one of the uh, ladies that works at the uh, at the uh, editorial and she said she was so desiring to go back to work she said I'm on vacation but I can't stand it I'm ready to go back to work they love it they love being together they have a lot of fun Gucci's the he, he's the comic you know he always makes people yeah. laugh so it, that you know when you're laughing and having fun that that's when it's enjoyable for you we're not the serious type it's all you know yes. we, we like we're we, we know we know what we know we know we know what we believe and we stay with that but we we have fun along the way
2: <laughs> I think it just took us one day to spend with Gutu and, and Hafa. To to realize the culture of of everyone was joking and having fun. And it was. (laughs) I
0: I still think about Gutu's laugh. It'll it'll be random times and I'll think about his laugh. It's just so. Oh.
2: Uh, And Mama Jan, you. It's
1: amazing.
2: Yeah. I I had a question for you. You know, my wife is Brazilian. I met her from the conference we went to a couple of years ago. And so I wanted to ask you if you had any advice for me. In uh, <laughs> how I can <laughs> further immerse myself in the culture and the language, and and how uh, you kind of how you kind of dove into the language of everything and, and learned that yourself.
1: Oh yeah, well you know, uh, just you you have a mixed culture, but yeah. you're you're international anyway. You know, you uh, you've traveled a lot, so uh, you know it's it's just. Uh, it just broadens your your outlook on life to be in a in, you know uh, married to someone from a different culture, and it's I, you know it's it's different, but yet it's everybody is a little different, but they are all the same. They have the same needs. Amen. Yeah. And so, but you know, it, it is something different, and and uh, but you you can make it work. I know Darren and Edma. Yes. uh she's she's more Brazi- she's more american and he's more brazilian you know than she is so you kind of get that mixed into there so there's no problem you you make it yeah, yeah. And something <laughs> and with, congratulations
2: uh, thank you and you know something yeah. with pastor darren is people uh there at the conference we were at when he was speaking they said that he sounds more brazilian than a lot of the actual brazilian people yeah Uh, so i know that he's a he's an influence for me and so i'm gonna keep that as my inspiration (laughs) you're gonna
1: have to come back to brazil
2: yes yes yes, we're excited to come back here shortly yeah yeah
0: yeah well mom and jan it's been a pleasure to have you on our podcast today you know i believe all our listeners that are listening today will be able to kind of grab some of the nuggets that you were sharing about your life and be able to let God minister to them through those. So thank you so much for joining us today and sharing. And we believe that God has, you know, so much more left for you to do in Brazil and all throughout the world. Yeah, We're believing for an extra blessing and increase on your life. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Just follow God. God. (laughs) Thank you.